Hey there, Bogus listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this installment of the Forever Bogus Podcast. And it's me, your host that knows the most, Bryce Shoemaker, a.k.a. B-Boy Bogus Bryce, staring at my beautiful friend <laughs> with a massive beard. Yeah. You're almost pulling a Santa Claus this year. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Jamie Killsby, What's up? a.k.a. What's up, B-Boy? It's me. It's J-Dog here again. Uh, favorite rapper from the middle school lunch table, and damn right, yeah, no, no, I'm definitely. I, I this is not on purpose. This is just, you know, it's quarantine. It's quarantine. It's what quarantine will do to you. I don't have to go anywhere. I'm working, but I don't have any, me- you know, visual meetings. Everything's, you know, that's pretty nice. I, I actually like. I, I put my hair in a ponytail the other day. You know, I, I, <laughs> like a man I've bun or like re- a full on ponytail. A man bun, I guess. Okay. Is, okay. I, I, I told myself I would never do that, but here we are. <laughs> hey. I, I'm just—I look like the fattest <laughs> yoga instructor you've ever seen. I'd go to your yoga class. That's you ever see sure. those shirts that say like Irish yoga, and it's a big fat guy falling down because he drank too much? <laughs> no, I haven't seen those. <laughs> you need one. Yeah, Irish <laughs> yoga. Ho ho ho! Big fat fucking bastard with a ponytail. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Thanks for Christmas. tuning in again. Yes. We are in the middle of our very merry bogus Christmas season, and uh, if you haven't listened to our last episode, we are pretty much in the middle of the season. How are you feeling about that? I feel fucked up about it. <laughs> Do you really? I mean, well, we, are, we met... are like 20 episodes deep now in the Forever no, Bogus no, no. podcast oh, oh, season. Oh, the, the podcast, yeah. I, the podcast, I thought you meant Christmas. I feel fucked up because... It is the 15th, and I have not bought a single gift yet. Hey, I haven't either. And oh, wow. I, I okay, really don't good. mind that. Like, the anxiety has kind of just left me. I'm like, oh, I'll get it when I get to it. But you feel different. Are you going to buy gifts for your family? Yes, I'm going to buy gifts for my family, but I won't get to see them until after the new year. So I'm like, oh, I've got time. So you have no rush. You have no rush. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. Okay, okay. <laughs> What's Santa Claus bringing to your house this year, man? What would you ask for? Um, honestly, nothing. I've got everything I could ever ask for, you know, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. in this brand new house, having pretty much all the space that I need. We got a brand new TV not that long ago. And like the basement, the bogus basement is just wall to wall filled with every like nostalgic piece that we own. So, man, I cannot ask for anything more. I know what, what you can ask for. What's that? You can ask for... Two forgotten sequels to beloved Christmas movies. <laughs> Look at this segue. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, dude. So today on the Bogus Cast, we're talking about weird Christmas movie sequels. And honestly, we talked about this a little bit off air. When a holiday movie gets a sequel, it's very strange to me. Do you share that feeling with me? Well, I yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, the thing is, I, I like Home Alone 2 a lot. I do too. But I, I consider Home Alone 2 to be pretty successful. Yes. In the realms of holiday sequels. I mean, they play it on TV all the time. It's everywhere. It's the same way with like the Santa Claus. I think the Santa Claus yeah. has like a, few, yeah. a few movies, which is very strange. Yeah. So so the first one is, is good. It's a classic. The second one is like pretty good. It's okay. Then it starts to kind of shit the bed a little bit at three. It does. Um, and that's kind of where we're getting is like, 
you know, did you know that there's like fucking five Home Alone movies? Yes. And- did you know that there's a sequel to A Christmas Story? Yeah. Oh, that one is fucking painful, dude. <laughs> oh my God. They actually they they didn't get the same. Um, narrator back but they tried to do his voice and his cadence and, and stuff and he's yeah and he's like and this was the best christmas story <laughs> and i was like oh my god <laughs> jesus dude so pretty much needless to say not all sequels or holiday sequels are created equal but uh we want to introduce you to a couple of christmas movie sequels that we honestly think you should check out for yourself. Yeah, for better or for worse, they exist, and uh, you should check out. And I do say for better or for worse. You know, you got to be careful with your recommendations these days. And uh, but yeah, we have we, we're going to focus on two films rather than naming a whole bunch off for you. There's two of them um, that you could seek out that you might even not know exist. That's true. Uh, I did. I kind of didn't know that the one one of mine. The one that I'm going to talk about today, I didn't even know it existed until just a few years ago. Mm, me and, too. <sighs> there's kind of good reason for that, but we'll get into it. I mean, I'm a lover right. of bad movies, and I think a lot of people who listen are a lover of bad movies. But why don't you take us off, man? You're right. talking about a deep cut sequel that people don't know about. What have you got in store It's for not us, necessarily man? a deep cut, I think, but it's definitely a sequel that goes under people's radar. And when people think of it, they kind of turn up their nose. And I'm yeah. talking about 1997's Home Alone 3. Yeah, dude. This uh, When you say people turn up their nose, for sure. Yes. Like, it's it just, there is something. And I'm, you're a fan of Home Alone 3, right? I am. I will defend it to, like, to my grave. It was actually given a, like, a Golden Raspberry Award. I mean, we talked mm. about that in the last episode. Yeah. It was, it was nominated. I'm sorry. It wasn't actually given. Oh, I believe win. Speed 2 won that golden raspberry award and that's another but sequel <laughs> well you know what happens i think when you see they followed up home alone one with home alone two very quickly because it was very successful yes so i said let's just do that again smart and you got great writing you've got some great acting um you've got macaulay coke so when when you get part three and no one you don't recognize any faces in there. You automatically think this is sort of off-brand. Yes, and actually this lines up perfectly with how I feel about this. So I believe that Home Alone 3 is the Halloween 3 of the Home Alone franchise for all okay. those reasons. Because you know how Michael Myers and the third the third installment of Halloween 3 and uh, you don't have Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone 3. Let me ask you a question. So – because I know how I feel about Halloween 3. I, I think it's a fine movie. I just wish they called it something else. I wish it wasn't Halloween 3. I wish it was just Season of the Witch. And it would have been fine if it was, you know, totally different franchise. I agree. Does this benefit possibly at all in your eyes of being called something else? Honestly, unfortunately not. Okay. But th- that's mostly because it's very similar premise to the first two Home Alones. And if they would have called it something completely different, like not underneath the Home Alone umbrella name, then I don't think it would have been as successful as it was for the time. I, I think it's really fun. I th- I don't know. One of the first things we ever talked about is how much you like Home Alone 3. <laughs> yes. and I was like, I don't know about this guy. I probably should not talk to him. No, I'm just kidding. But, the, the, <laughs> no, no. So, but that being said, I don't really know a lot about Home Alone 3. In fact, I'm not sure I've seen it. Okay. Um, so I want to just ask you a few questions off the top that yeah, I think go ahead, other man. people, you know, might might have as well. A lot of people who haven't seen it. Okay. Um, is the main character supposed to be Macaulay Culkin's character from the first two films? Yes and no. So, long story short, they were trying to make 
Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 3, like, back-to-back. They're going to shoot it uh, exactly a year after they, they wrapped up Home Alone 2. Uh, but unfortunately, Macaulay Culkin thought that he was outgrowing his character. And because uh, he was a teenager at that point, and he was like, mm-hmm. "Man, I really don't know about this." Plus, I think he was willing to take a break from acting altogether. And I'll get into like more in depth reason why that happened. But I want to say that the new kid, his name is Alex, um, has the same like mentality and same personality as Macaulay Culkin's character Kevin. So but he's not are, Kevin McAllister. Are, no, he's not Kevin McAllister. His his actual character name is Alex as well. So they don't bring the McAllisters or the first two robbers in this at all whatsoever. They're not even mentioned at all. Did they say where it takes place? Is it supposed to be the Chicago area again? Or Yes, it is. It's still in Chicago, but I think that was a John Hughes thing because I think yeah. he just loves Chicago. And a lot of a lot of things in his movies take place in Chicago. Planes, trains, and automobiles, trying yep. to get back to Chicago. And pictures oh, yeah, totally. of babysitter, uh, babysitting, I believe, is in Chicago as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of overlap, but that's mostly because of John Hughes. Is it a Christmas movie? No, it is not. Wow. So so this is... You hate Christmas so much that you chose a (laughs) sequel that is not even on Christmas. You chose a Christmas sequel. That's how much Bryce hates Christmas. (laughs) Shut up. Wow. I don't hate Christmas that much. You're the Grinch. This was released on December 12th, 1997. And I believe that's the reason why a lot of people thought this was a Christmas movie. Plus the first two take place around... Actually, on Christmas. On Christmas, yeah. So, so it makes sense. But no, this actually happens. I just re- recently rewatched it to find a date and like a time setting. This happens on January eighth. So, so it's right after Christmas. So right after Christmas. I kind of like that setting. I don't know if they play into it a lot, but I always like the fresh New Year as a setting for a movie because there's there is some kind of sadness in the early January. That's, that's in the true. Air. Yes. You know, everything's kind of blue when you go outside at night, like physically. You know. Yes. I, I don't know. I think it's a great setting for a movie. I, I just think it makes total sense that you chose to talk about a movie that's not on <laughs> Christmas, dude. He's the Grinch, and he's surrounded by VHS tapes. <laughs> and, gla- and he has glasses, but he's the Grinch. I'm turning green. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and my heart is very small, y'all. Uh, it's small. <laughs> so this is the third installment of the Home Alone franchise uh, among five other movies. Well, five movies together. Six, if you want to include the uh, fan edit of the original movie, which is awesome. You definitely have to see that. It, what's the deal with that? It's just more violent? No, it's not really more violent. It's just they took a lot of like deleted scenes and okay. added it to it, and like it made it feel a little more cohesive. I like it a lot. Uh, is is this the standalone film of the character Alex? Does he yes, come back? Yes, it and- is. Everybody okay, else okay. is like their name. Their the main character's name is Kevin. And it's like, there's one that's kind of a prequel and the other one's more of like a modern kind of version of the McAllisters. Mm-hmm. And they're okay. I Honestly, the first three can make a perfect... Well, not perfect trilogy, but all you really need to see is the first three, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, it was released uh, in theaters December 12th, 1997. And the screenplay was written and it was also produced by John Hughes, which you may know him from you know the first two Home Alones, Adventures in Babysitting, Breakfast Club, almost any great movie from the 80s, 90s, and even somewhat the first part of... The early 2000s. John Hughes is the best. Uh, he is. And when he teams up with Chris Columbus, oh, it, you have magic. a hit. You have a fucking movie magic, magic hit. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Look up those two. I mean, anybody listening to this, whether you know it or not, 
you have seen 10 John Hughes movies. Oh, yeah, easily. Absolutely. But this movie was actually directed by Raja Gusnell. I think it's how you pronounce his last name. And this was like his first movie that he directed. But he has a huge tie-in for the first two Home Alones. He was actually the editor for the first two movies. So he had a close connection to John Hughes. He sort of, and he also knows the feel of the first two films. Yes, very true. Uh, but he would go on to direct the two Scooby-Doo movies, the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Oh, the one, uh, one was written by, I think they're both written by James Gunn. Oh, I um, think you're right. At least the uh, first yeah. one I know. I know James Gunn sure. of Guardians of the Galaxy yes. uh, fan. Prior to that, he did uh, Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> he did. So, I forgot. So, wow, that's, that's why Mister. That's why Uncle Lloydie's in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, man. Thank that's God right. for that. What yes. a blessing. <laughs> so this dude did Scooby Doo. Okay, so that he also gives did. You... Uh, he also did the first two live action Smurfs. I did not see those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but most importantly, he uh, wrote and directed Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, that's very important. You should have led with that. That's the most important one you mentioned. <laughs> it should be. Wow. <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua. I does does the Chihuahua have a bad Mexican American accent in those films? You know what? I've never all? seen them before. I've all just right. heard them like pretty much any live action animal movie after Airbud, the first one. I heard it's just. Absolutely terrible. Well, you know what we have to do in January? We have to do a Beverly Hills Chihuahua episode. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. <laughs> like a live commentary. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not going to promise anybody anything. I'm going to promise. <laughs> I am going to promise because I don't feel bad about going back on my promises. Okay. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I know you haven't seen this, and maybe we have a handful of listeners who have never seen this just because they've, they've heard – just negative reviews about it. But I'm going to give you my long-winded synopsis, all right? Okay. okay, so like I said before, this movie takes place the 1st of January, not on Christmas. And I don't. I think Christmas is only brought up like once, and it's at the beginning, where the old woman that lives close by Alex's, the main character, Alex's family, is coming back from a Christmas trip from San Diego, I guess from seeing her son or something or whatever. So, four evil spies are working with North Korean terrorist group to steal a $10 million missile cloaking microchip. All right, I'm going to tell you the problem right away. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the scale is way, I mean, it's we're talking huge. part one is just robbers trying to break into a house. Kid happens to be there. Yes. Part two, he happens to run into them after they broke out of jail. Kind of odd, but, you Whatever. know, we'll yeah. deal with it. Now we're talking about million dollar North Korean missiles? Terrorist group. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> they go zero to 60 very quickly. All very right. quickly. You know, it's, it's funny. It's interesting. I, I could see watching this movie and then you go, you, it dawns on you that it doesn't take place on Christmas and you go, oh, what is this? Uh-huh. And then and then a few lines later, they're talking about North Korean terrorist groups. You're like, what is, what is going it, on? It actually opens up with that. It opens up in North Korea with this terrorist group talking about this microchip. And he's like, if we can get our hands on this, we can cloak all of our missiles. It's like, damn. This is I wonder if, when, if, if someday in the, in the shiny bright future when North Korea is opened up, I wonder if they'll take in all the media about them and how they're supervillains <laughs> in all these movies. No, it's not like that. They take ownership. I, I don't know, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Once you get all that out of the way, uh, Miss Huss, you see Miss Huss, which is like the old woman that's coming back from San Diego to come back to Chicago to her home. And you see the four evil spies at the same airport. And you find out that the evil spies 
are trying trying to transport the microchip to, I guess, North Korea, and they do so by ho- by hiding the microchip in this like kids remote control car, which actually looks pretty rad. It look mm-hmm. it looks like something I would love to own as a kid. You should uh, you should publish this synopsis and change a few words, and you could probably convince a bunch of people that this is how COVID started. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, did you hear this? I saw it on a Facebook post. Home Alone 3 is COVID. Right. <laughs> I saw it on Facebook. It's COVID. Man, I, a lot of people may check this out if I say that. This, yeah. this might actually become a popular film in 2020. The last part of 2020. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. The end part of 2020. Hey, weirder things have happened this year than have so Home true. Alone 3 become popular. <laughs> So, as I said before, they they try to hide the microchip in this kid's uh, remote control car, and Miss Hess accidentally picks up the wrong package that has this remote control car and was bringing it home. And uh, so that's all out of the way. That's like the first 10 minutes of the film. Now you see Alex, who's our main character. Um, he is like, I guess, shoveling Miss Hess's driveway, and Miss Hess is just like an old bitchy bat, like... She's just mean. She's just grumpy all the time. Doesn't like kids. And like even like bitched at Alex. He's like, why didn't you shovel my driveway any sooner? And he was like, well, you've been gone. <laughs> it's like, what the hell yeah. is your okay. deal? <laughs> yeah, you got to have the old cranky woman in the film. That's, yes. that's just sort of part of it. And this cranky woman is like threatening not to pay Alex because apparently she doesn't have the money. So she ends up just giving Alex the remote control car for shoveling her driveway. And Alex soon finds out from like after coming home and stuff that he has the chicken pox. Yeah. It's a chicken pox movie, huh? It is a chicken pox movie. So it's definitely Did you like, ever have the chicken pox? I, I did, thankfully, when I was probably his age. I didn't. I never had it. Really? Yeah. You've never had it? That is crazy. Yeah, I'm going to get it on purpose one day. Out of all the things you've said to me in the last four years that I've known you, this is probably the craziest thing. Really? I figured almost everybody had chicken pox. I'm sure there's I've some never people had who never it, have. And I know they say if you get it when you're older, it's like worse. Yes, or you can for- get the shingles. Which is even oh, worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's an old pirate disease. That's <laughs> I fine. Think it's scurvy, not shingles. But anyway. Oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I guess I was thinking shingles on a boat. Uh, yeah, you know, like the sure. siding of a boat. Th- th- those shingles? Anyway, whatever. We're getting derailed <laughs> here. <laughs> so Alex finds out he has chicken pox, so he has to stay home from school while everyone else is out. He starts noticing, like, the four evil spies breaking into houses in his neighborhood. And after crying wolf a few times, with the police, he decides to take matters into his own hands and capture the spies red-handed. Wow. Whew. That's my long-winded synopsis That's of Home Alone 3. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, it, it is is decidedly not a Christmas movie. It takes place in the wake of Christmas. Is yes. It, is it a snowy setting? Is it wintry? Oh, yes. There's a yeah. huge blizzard that happens at the end. But throughout the entire film, there's snow. See, I kind of find snow movies... Even if they're not explicitly Christmas movies, you can watch them at Christmas time. They sort I of, agree. It sort of works, you know. Yes. The overall winter theme. It still has that magical feeling. Yeah, I don't man. know why. Even like watching weird movies like The Thing, it still feels magical just because they're surrounded by snow. Yeah, And it exactly. almost makes you I feel agree. isolated. And I like I that. agree. I agree, man. I agree in a deep way. I actually like almost wonder movies like Snow Day – if it wasn't about a snow day and it was about like a sewage explosion at the school and they didn't have to go, <laughs> would it still be as good? You know, probably not. And instead of <laughs> instead not. of trying to you know stop the snowplow man from plowing the snow, 
they're just going down to the school to, to shit big logs so it has to stay closed <laughs> another day. I like we that. We should rewrite that. I kind of like, like that, that too. That sounds fun. Shit day! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, so as mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Macaulay Culkin is replaced by Alex Lenz. He's most recognized later in his work in Max Keeble's Big Move. Mm. Do you remember that one? I know the name. I don't know what the f- this was like about. this was early 2000. It was about this kid who gets picked on a lot, and um, he finds out that he's moving soon. So he gets like gets back all his bullies and stuff. It's good. I liked it. Sounds as a kid. violent. Is it violent? It, it is a little violent, and it kind of reminds me of Home Alone three. Shit, man. Wow. I wonder. I wonder if it's like a direct sequel. Does he play the same character? <laughs> he kind of does. I don't think his name is Alex. Well, it's not. Mm. It's Max Keeble. But because uh, <laughs> it's All in right. the name. All right. But anyway, he's also played uh, Arnold and Hey Arnold a few times, which oh, is really? pretty, pretty cool and notable. I guess Arnold was played by a few different voice actors. Yeah, I, I, I know his know voice that. changed a few times. I remember being a kid and watching it, and one day Arnold was just like a different voice. And you were like... Ew. Yeah. Bootleg Arnold. And then you get used to that voice and then there'd be a new one. And Because they did the same thing as Charles Schultz and, and the Peanuts and had actual kids. Oh, that's true. Voicing him, which, is, which was pretty rare. Most – which is kind of d- disturbing. Most of your favorite kids in cartoons are just weird – are weird adults going like – Yes. yes. You know, like I kind of hate that when I think about it. It's not very organic, but it, it works. As I said before – this was supposed to be made exactly after they they were done or wrapped up um, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Mm. And this was supposed to have Macaulay Culkin reprising his role as Kevin McAllister with a pair of new burglars. So it doesn't have like Joe Pesh or uh, Daniel Stern in it at all. Yeah. So both John and uh, Macaulay Culkin thought that he was getting way too old for the role. So they decided to kind of throw a new idea for Home Alone 3, which was going to involve... Uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother, and he was going to play, like, reprise his role as uh, Foliar. Oh, I love that. They should have done that. Yes. And uh, I guess his parents accidentally leaves him home, like, pretty much the same premise. Dude. And, uh, oh, that could have been what's, so what's good. What's cool is that, that Harvey and Marv would actually reprise their roles as well. And they were trying to like seek revenge on, like, the family, I guess. Which is, oh, which is kind of fun. Man. I kind of like that idea. Because Fuller was his famous thing was that he always pissed the bed. That was his yes. main character trait. So how funny would it be if he was using his piss as a weapon against <laughs> the sticky bandits? Like pissing on the stairs so they slip and pissing in their faces and stuff like that. That would be hilarious. I mean, be it would great. be a flop. It would be a horrible movie, but I would have liked to seen that. No, that would be great, man. And and uh, Marv would come back and they'd be covered in scars and shit this time. <laughs> yes. From being pecked from all the, the pigeons. And they're all twisted like monsters. Oh, dude. You guys, Hollywood, you done fucked up. That was a good movie. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Send me to the alternate timeline where that movie came out that way. Because that's my favorite movie. For real. (laughs) Shit. But apparently there is a script out there that's that's floating around. Um, Macaulay Culkin actually talked about it on his podcast, uh, Bunny Ears. Mm -hmm. And they kind of just talked about like the premise and stuff. And it does sound pretty interesting. I think they kind of fabricated quite a bit of it, but it's still, again, sounds pretty interesting. I th- I'm telling you, that's my favorite movie that I've never seen. Just okay. thinking about <laughs> Fuller pissing down at the weapon. Hey guys, up here he's on the roof pissing down into the mouth. Ah, this Marv, this guy, this kid is pissing all over me. And it's just like deep, deep yellow because he just drinks nothing but Pepsi. <laughs> he only drink. It's almost brown because he yes. just he only drinks Pepsi. 
I like it. So you may uh, recognize the name Roger Ebert. He's like a film critic, pretty well-known film film critic. Yeah. And uh, he's known for his like constant negative reviews on like every single movie that comes out. He likes some stuff. Uh, there are S- some things. Siskel and Ebert were sort of the you know quintessential film critics. Uh, they 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 focus in the Chicago Sun Times. That was that yes. was their that was where they they came from. But they be- yes. kind of sort of became like the voice of film criticism. And when you watch mo- shows like The Critic, that's basically who they're. Yeah, riffing it's about on. him. That's yeah. that's very true. And he actually gave some really negative reviews for the first two Home Alone films. But he gave Home Alone 3 a remarkable positive review, saying the best of all Home Alone films and far better than the first two. Mm. How crazy is that? Got to tell you, don't know about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, granted, he... Dislikes a bunch well, of other movies that we enjoy. Yeah, no. But, so but so I, he's, I have they, to agree they look with them, at yes, they look at film in a very mathematic and scientific way, very objective way. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, they're not yeah. they're not really concerned about how something feels. They're concerned about like, well, how's the character progression and how how is the how is it shot? And it's almost like how film theory. Like yeah. they call like yeah. very strict film theory. And but, as we know, I mean, the thing is, is like you know. You can put a McDonald's burger in front of you and say it's a gourmet burger. All the pieces are there. It's bread uh-huh. and cheese and meat, you know, but something's – it's not exactly It's not exactly the thing that you're looking for, exactly. you know. Oh, but I – not to say because I crush McDonald's. I fuck with McDonald's. So. <laughs> I haven't in years. But, okay, so I, I actually agree with him because objectively this is actually a really good movie. And the first one, of course, is a complete classic and will forever be my favorite movie of all time. I can like watch it year round. Home Alone and never 1. Never get sick of it. Home Alone 1. Okay. Home Alone 2 uh, is also a great film, but upon rewatching it so many times, I definitely noticed that Macaulay Culkin kind of melded in his performance. Like the the real savers of that that film is Marv and Harry. Yeah. I feel like those are the saving grace of the film. I mean, there's a lot to love about those movies, but yeah, that they they stand out in particular. I mean, especially Joe Pesci. He just – he's not like a working actor mm-hmm. in the sense that like he's like, I got to figure out how to get my next paycheck. Like he only does things he wants to do. Very you true. Know, he only does things that he likes. He turns down a shit ton of things. You but, know. but I will say – I will give it to him. He actually won an Academy Award for I think it was like Casino or something oh, right, yeah, before, yeah. right before he did Home Alone 2. So he could have just turned it down and be like, I don't need you guys. Why would yeah. I need you? But he still showed up and gave it his all, and it I think shows. He liked him. I think he liked the movie. You know, uh, I think he did too. I'm sure that they reached out to him, like, "Hey, if you feel like doing part three? Like, get out of here!" Yeah, it's pretty much what he said. And I will say though, looking at the Home Alone three objectively, it is a fresh new take on the franchise. It's experimental in some ways. It takes itself serious, and I and objectively, I think it's very well written for the most part. Hmm. Uh. Well, here's the thing. You're the only, you know, you're the defender of this movie. This is the hill <laughs> that you've chose to die on. That you is know what true. I, mean? uh, I got to say, I've never seen this movie, but I think you've convinced me to check it out. I'm going to wait till Perfect. after New Year's because then it'll be a New Year's movie because that's when it there takes place anyway. I'll wait till early January. And, and honestly, that works out perfectly. You can watch the first one about halfway through December, watch the second one on Christmas, and then watch the third one soon after New Year's. You if, know? You're, if you're like me, the truth is you've watched Home Alone 1. It's December – today is December 15th, uh, uh, the date we're recording this. Um, 
you've already watched Home Alone one and two like nineteen times. Yes, <laughs> I, I've watched it a lot of fucking times. Uh, yes, already. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's that's a good that's a good follow. I mean, if you're if you're recommending it, you know, I, I agree. Mean, so I, I think overall, I I will defend this to my grave. And if anybody wants to fight me on this, they can. But Home Alone three holds up. I think it's just as good as the first two, and it should be on your Christmas playlist or your New Year's playlist. Yeah, yeah. I, I there hey, a New Year's playlist is a very real thing, man. Uh, we you know we usually dive into Futurama starting in January and binge through nice. that because episode episode one is a New Year's episode. Yep, that's and then right. we just sort of roll through, and it's cozy and familiar, and you know New yep. Year's could be depressing, so you're looking for some good things. So maybe this is something to add in your New Year's. Lineup. Well, you have another movie you want to add to our Christmas lineup. <laughs> what, what yeah, actually, this? This, so this 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 one is this one is more explicitly a Christmas movie. Okay, and I just I I'm glad you ended the way you did because I did not know that Home Alone was your favorite movie. <laughs> I mean, it's it's up there. It's not my all time favorite, but it's the movie I've probably seen the most. That and the first Team and Team movie. Okay, that's for sure. Yeah, because then I'll agree with you. I'm not sure that it's my favorite movie, but it's one of them. It's like top you know, five, but hands down, I've seen it more than any movie ever is Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. Um, so you've talked I, about that quite a bit on the podcast, so it makes sense. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I can fucking quote from beginning to end and not miss a line. Uh, it just brings me so much joy. I love it. Chevy Chase is great. Yes. You know, phenomenal writing. What a great cast. Uh, so so it just is is – so fortuitous that you would talk about a sequel to your favorite movie, and I'm going to talk about a sequel to my favorite movie, oh, which perfect. is Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, if you've seen Christmas Vacation, you know that uh, one of the big standout characters is is Cousin Eddie. Yes. He's He's kind of a redneck. He shows up and is just sort of like... You know, causing trouble, but not on purpose. He's just a goofy redneck guy. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a lovable redneck. And so they decided, you know, fucking, you know, many years later in 2003 that they were going to make a sequel to Christmas Vacation 2. Christmas Vacation called Christmas Vacation 2 Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. This was in 2003. Better late than never, I guess. I don't know <laughs> about that. Oh, uh, no, I, there, there are a lot of things about this that work, and there are a lot of things about this that don't. Uh, overall, this is a this is a not very well-received movie. You know, uh, Similar, I think, to your choice. The audiences didn't prefer this. Uh-huh. Um, this was made for TV. This was, uh, was originally aired yeah, and, on that NBC. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, it does make a lot of sense. And this was directed by a director named Nick Mark. And most of his directing credits are TV series of the time, like Buffy okay. the Vampire Slayer and X-Files oh. and Dark Angel. You know, he did a few episodes of all those He's shows. He's got some, like, bigger names underneath his belt. So yeah, this should be yeah. a decent movie, right? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> so also, it, the, the, it was written by this guy named Maddie Simmons. Doesn't ring a bell. And Maddie Simmons... His most famous writing credit is Baby Huey's Great Easter Adventure in 1999. <laughs> what? And this guy, we we can't speak too ill of him because he just died this year in, in April. Oh, damn. Um, And he was a producer on some great films like Animal House, like really breakthrough National Lampoon's cutting edge college comedy films. He was a producer on it. You know, he put down okay. some money to make it happen. That's cool. 
But the problem was, this guy was 80 years old when he was writing Christmas Vacation 2. Oh, God. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with an 80-year-old, you know. I, I do on a, on a weekly basis because I call my grandma, you know, at least once a week. Yeah. Would you, I mean. I wouldn't trust her to, to write yeah. a movie, especially on like a big name like Vacation. <laughs> yes. But that's the thing. The name is the biggest thing about it. I mean, well, let's let's talk about the National Lampoon brand. Okay. National Lampoon Magazine is where it started, and it really yes. brought a lot of the biggest names of comedy to the forefront before they were known. I mean, this is where Chevy Chase came from, and yep. eventually, of course, he would go on to SNL, but then they would bring us some really groundbreaking films that are considered classic, like Animal House, like I said, yep. which inspired an entire genre of yes, boner, uh, jams. boner movies, which <laughs> yes. I, I could do a whole fucking podcast series on boner jams easily uh i have a whole book on it i love that kind of shit cheesy 80s college movies whatever you know what i'm talking about <laughs> they gave us all the vacation movies namely christmas vacation which i think is an absolute fucking classic mm-hmm. hilarious there's just not a comedy like it but later national lampoon brought us some titles like Van Wilder, The Rise of Taj. <laughs> I love how monotone your voice gets. You're yeah. like, yeah, Van Wilder. <laughs> National Lampoon's Adam and Eve. Yes. <laughs> they brought us a movie called Frat Chance. Oh, man. I know. it's It, it went downhill pretty dramatically. Or how about The Legend of Awesomeness Maximus? I never heard of it. <laughs> have you ever seen Dorm Days 2, College at Sea? No, but I have seen uh, Senior Trip. <laughs> right, so National Lampoon just kind of went down the drain a bit um, in the late, uh, second half of the 90s and, and into the 2000s. Yes. Um, but we're here to talk about Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure in 2003. Of course, the biggest name is Randy Quaid. They brought back Randy Quaid. Yes, thank God. The thing is, yes, if if they didn't get him back, they they just ha- they would have had no right to call it you know, Christmas Vacation 2. They would have had to call it something else entirely because there's yeah. there's very few co- – the connections to Christmas Vacation and Christmas Vacation 2 are so loose. There, You know, um, here's the thing. Randy Quaid. Do you, do you know much about Randy Quaid? Not about like the actor himself. I know like all the stuff that he's been in. He's been in quite a few movies. It's sure. been impressive. But I don't know much about his own life, like personal life. I mean, this is a rabbit hole that you can go down. Okay. So most recently, he is he has fled from the United States government into Canada. He what? hid there for five years before the Canadian government found him and kicked him out of Canada to Vermont, where he was picked up by the United the police, like the you FBI know, the police. or something. Yes, and they exp- uh, whatever the word is, they brought him to California. Why? What What did he do? Uh, he had a whole bunch of minor to slightly more major crimes uh, against him. Okay. And so one of them was uh, like uh, he was charged for burglary. He was staying in somebody's okay. guest house and he wrecked the place and then just bailed. And then he was oh brought to God. court for it and he skipped court. Um, and then he, he said the major reason why he – and this is not bullshit or, or anything. You can look into Randy Quaid's life. His main thing was that he – um, f- said he fled America because he was fleeing from this cult called the Hollywood Star Whackers. Never heard of that, but yeah. I am fascinated. Now. Yeah, no, no, it's it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, he says that the Hollywood Star Whackers are a secret society in Hollywood that 
sneaks around and and murders actors. He said that the Hollywood huh. Star Whackers are responsible for the death of David Carradine and Heath Ledger. Okay. Um, which we know, you know, it's not the case for either of them. I don't know. It's still very interesting. Like, you know, I'm into like conspiracy theories yeah. and stuff. I don't necessarily like subscribe to them, but it's very fascinating. <laughs> Randy Quaid started a band called Randy Quaid and the Fugitives. And he used, that, he used that <laughs> as a way to tell the story of the Hollywood uh, Oh my God, like Rackers. Corey Feldman. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, no, no, exactly. He was like a he's like this he's like the pre-Corey Feldman. He's like Yeah. You know how we talk about Gary Busey? He's Gary Busey's crazy, but like he'll he wouldn't flee the country. No. Randy Quaid is the true life madman. And you if you want to watch a mo- a Christmas movie. A decidedly Christmas movie that is a sequel to one of the best comedies ever made, objectively. You have Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Okay, so the, the film starts off, uh, he has a son named Third, Third Johnson. and uh, <laughs> What a name. <laughs> right, and automatically you're like, oh, well, where are the kids from the first vacation movie? Doesn't matter. And they're gone. They're gone. They're, they're staying with the grandparents in Kansas. They're gone. That's what he says. They're gone. And... Uh, so third is telling this girl about his dad, uh, what he does for a living, and he's an atomic researcher. Oh wow, cousin Eddie's a atomic researcher. They, he, I thought he was kind of a dope, like a, dope. like a Homer Simpson, I guess. Right, but then it shows him, and he's like hooked up to you know ele- being electrocuted, and they're studying him and against a monkey, and oh, yeah. he's dumber than the monkey. You know, I I think he becomes very two thousand three comedy. <laughs> it's it's very much comedy written by a man who was eighty years old. Yes, and the fact that it is associated in name to my favorite movie, it, it, it's hard for me. If this was a <laughs> yes. standalone bad Christmas movie starring Larry the Cable Guy, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, I love that movie. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you you put the name of my favorite. You know how they always say like when people are remaking movies and they're like, "Hey, chill out, bros. They're not going to take your favorite movie away." Well, no, you're right. They're not. But imagine if you know you found out your favorite movie's cousin was a child molester. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that yes. that's kind of what is that's happening. How you feel? Yeah, I feel like um, oh sure, my favorite movie is still unaffected by this, but something related to it is so offensive Awful, to my senses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, continue, continue. What is this movie All about? All right, so uh, yeah, he's an atomic researcher. He gets zapped in the head and studied. And Fred Willard is in this. Fred Willard is you know yes. from Best in Show and A Mighty Wind. You know, wonderful actor. Passed away recently. Yep. Um, and uh, during the study, uh, Cousin Eddie gets bit by the monkey ro- named Roy. And uh, so Fred Willard, uh, his character is is concerned that Cousin Eddie is going to sue the company. So he says, I tell you what, Eddie, I'm going to send you away on a tropical, all-expenses-paid vacation. And it's going to be wonderful. You're going to have a great time. You're going to have a great Christmas. So Cousin Eddie takes it. He loves it. Yeah, he's excited. Yeah. Um. So Audrey Griswold shows up, who is the daughter of the Vacation franchise. Is is that the same actress? It's not the same. A- it's okay, the same actress. So. It's the same actress from the original Vacation, but it's not the same actress from Christmas Vacation. Yeah, and I don't know why she's going to cousin Eddie's house for Christmas when she has pair. It's not mentioned at all. Um, they needed another female character, I but guess. she shows up and she's uh, suicidal. 
Um, that's some she she walks in the door and the first thing she says she's like I think I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah. But uh, she knows she's dealing with a breakup, so she's suicidal. Don't know why she's not with her mom and dad. The, the mom and dad are not brought up at all. It- Fine, we'll deal with it. Then we have. Our next character who's going to come along in this vacation, Uncle Nick, everybody, played by everybody's favorite, Ed Asner. Yes. Ed Asner. I like him. I do like Ed Asner. I like him a lot. I I even like him in this movie a lot. I think he he brought, like, some well-needed – he's such, like, an angry grandpa character. You know, uh, and he just plays it perfectly because I think that's who he is. But just to put a little context (laughs) in your head, this movie was made in 2003. Ed Asner also appeared – in 2003, as Santa Claus in the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. Oh, shit. That is right. Such a massive contrast of quality <laughs> yes. and budget. One, one became a classic. One is just unknown. One is a classic. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our whole cast. We now know the whole cast is going on vacation. We have Cousin Eddie, um, uh, played by Randy Quaid. We have Catherine, who, who does play Eddie's wife in... Christmas Vacation 1. So there is yes. some consistency there. Uh, we have their son, whose name is Third, and he is like, um, really, he's too smart for his own good. He doesn't fit in with the family. He's like real, yeah, he's like kind, kind of a, kind of the black sheep. The yeah, smart he's a whiz. Sheep. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have Uncle Nick, uh, Ed Asner, and we have the original Audrey from the original Vacation movie. And that's our, they're going on their family Christmas Vacation. It sounds kind of fun so far. It is fun so far. Let's see. Oh, and then we get uh, Eric Idle shows up of Monty Python fame. And if you're a uh, longtime listener of the show of Casper fame, he plays the assistant of the lady, you know, who's like, are you a, are you a transient? Yes. Are you a burglar? I that. Yeah, yes. so so he that's so he's he's Monty Python famous, and he was in the original um, vacation. He, he's a he's a vacation mainstay, and basically he shows up just to reprise that role shortly, and he gets beat up really bad at the yeah, an, an, a known face. Yeah, you see him like, oh, I know that guy. Uh, this is fun. I, this has got some quality, you know. I know yeah. he's an actor, but don't you soon find out that like they receive the cheapest transportation to get to this island? It's like the cheapest vacation everything goes exactly how you would imagine it okay they land on the island the family and uh, they're ready to celebrate christmas and they meet muka lakamiki (laughs) that's not racist at all it's not racist at all (laughs) and uh yeah so this is uh cousin eddie calls her uh her name's muka lakamiki and cousin eddie calls her maluki malarkey ricky and he calls her milwaukee ricky um, <laughs> and she's like the representative of the atomic research lab on the island. And she's, she's played by this actress named, uh, Soong Hai Lee. And she was in the Mortal Kombat TV series in 1998. Okay. She was in a TV series called Black Scorpion in 2001, which is like, that you sounds know, familiar. yeah, it's, it's exactly the kind of thing that like, I would kind of like Barbarella. I would, I would, I would horny watch in 2001 as, as a, as an 11 year old. I'd like, I gotta watch these babes. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And she was in the Birds of Prey TV show, which is kind of the same thing as well. Okay. Uh, so show up on the island. Cousin Eddie eats a shit ton of fried food. Uh, then they go boating. This is the, this is the big, this is the big plot point because they get, they get lost and they have a run in with a shark. And, uh, Ed Asner crashes the boat and strands them on a deserted island. I have to say something about the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the scenery. It is definitely like made for TV CGI. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. This and is like this is, is this is awful. 
The it's boat. Awful. This movie was made in 2003, and the boat scene is like Happy Days jumping the shark level yes. of CG. Like it, it, he is, <laughs> it is green screened. Like we could do better with like TikTok. You know, oh, honestly, yes, if, you, if you have so. if you have TikTok yes. on your phone, you could make a better boating scene than fucking Christmas <laughs> vacation, Eddie's fucking shitty vacation or whatever. Yes. Um, so they get on the island. They realize they're deserted there. They start making their plan. Uh, Cousin Eddie hunts for food. Oh, and he brought his dog Snot from the first Christmas Vacation movie, who is <laughs> definitely not the same dog. It's not the same dog uh, <laughs> because the movie was like ten years later or something like that. So that you know, don't want to say it. Dead. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll say I, it. Yeah, yeah. I get obsessed with that. I guess you know we really we really let the guys hear about that about the orange years about the Eddie McDowell stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so they bring him, and and his main reason, Snot's main reason of being there is like anytime there's like a lapse in comedy, they're just like have the dog fart, you yes. know. So that's that's yeah, what he's there this, for. This needs a good punchline. This needs to be <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy as the star, and it doesn't need I to, agree. and it needs to, it needs to remove its name from the wonderful movie of Christmas Vacation that I can watch. Every day of the year, not even in the Christmas season. Like I literally like when we when my wife and I are like really deep in the Halloween season and we're kind of like getting itchy a little bit. We're like on the 15th. Like, let's watch. Let's watch Christmas Vacation. Let's reset a there little you bit. Go. You know, we, yeah. we fucking love that movie. Palette cleanser. Yes. Palette cleanser. This movie should be with Larry the Cable Guy and it should be called Island Christmas. There you go. Problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> honestly, honestly, because it's it's not that bad. The thing is, I find that comedies. It is bad. Hmm. <laughs> comedies are comedies are hard to judge because it's like you hear critics talk about kids' movies and they and they're breaking them apart like like it's this scientific thing. No, it's a kids' yeah. movie, man. And I kind of feel like Christmas movies are the same way. Like uh, most of it's, at least it's family. Yeah, it's like family it's a family movie. thing. And you don't get to break it apart like that. You know, it's, it's and this not, is a made-for-TV movie. And majority right. of the made-for-TV movies, especially around this time was made for families. Right. More more towards like the the side of the kids cuz like with the comedy and stuff, but it's objectively it's supposed to be for families. Yes. Uh, and I do I do want to mention at this point I I watched this movie Bryce sent sent it to me and thank you for sending it to me. Uh, yeah. I thought I had it, I didn't, so you sent it over to me. And this is everything I explained up to this point was the 45 minute mark um and the five it broke. The, the movie broke. I had to start <laughs> oh, and, and I couldn't just I couldn't start it over and just go back to that. It wouldn't let me go to that point. So oh, I had no, to just so to watch I had it to let it all the way through. I watched the first forty five <laughs> minutes twice in a I'm row. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was like and I'm thinking That's to myself, awful. I'm like, we we gotta start getting paid for the show because this is you know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. Um Mukalakamiki suggests an island Christmas, you know, hey find gifts around the island and we'll we'll build a house, we'll have our Christmas dinner. Um, Catherine mentions something about the best Christmas tree in Kansas City. That's all about you, buddy. Hey, I totally missed Um, that. They have their island Christmas, you know. Uh, Everything goes, you know, there's some wacky, boinky, you know, kind of comedy. (laughs) Um, Then some kangaroo Jack, Outback stereotype kind of guy comes and flies over and he spots them, comes down to rescue them. And you find out the resort was only 10 minutes away from where they were stranded. (laughs) <laughs> Go figure. They decide to rename the island Eddie Island. Oh wow, that's nice. And then I go, wait a minute. There's 16 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> 
I think it even blacks out at a They're point. They're like, oh, okay, that's it. What happened? And no, it's not. No. So Eddie accidentally, as a goofball, he this guy Jack, this Australian guy, he bonks him in the head and oh, he thinks he's okay, but he passes out in the plane flying them back and Eddie has to fly the plane, which I thought was kind of weird because he has to fly the plane at Independence Day as well. Oh, shit. And it made me wonder... Is, is Randy Quaid a pilot in real life? And I looked it up. Maybe. And, and, and Dennis Quaid is a pilot in real life. And the yes. internet was sure to let me know about that. But no, I can't <laughs> find any evidence that, that Randy Quaid was a pilot. I wonder if it was an homage or something then. like Yeah, yeah, I know. It was kind of strange. It's a nod. Cousin Eddie lands the plane. Miracle. Miracle job. Um, and he gets a brand new job as a pilot on the islands and he yeah. uh, he lives to start his new life there with the family it's a good happy ending and then yeah i thought i thought so i was thinking the same thing and then uncle nick um his wife shows up at the end and he just yells at her to give him a massage and make him dinner and that's pretty much where the movie ends and there's there's animal acting in this movie there is, there is. boy the monkey and there's snot the dog and uh-huh. they did not credit either animals oh that's fucked up they credited the animal handlers, but they do not credit the animal actors. I find that disappointing. It I always is. like when I'm watching a movie that has an animal actor in it, and I let the credits roll, and I see, you know, Roy played by what was the name of Spuds McKenzie? Honey Tree Evil Eye. Honey Tree Evil Eye. Those have great names. Dog actors have great names. Yes. My dog's going to be a dog actor. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> and then we're, you know, so would I recommend Christmas Vacation to Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure? Would you recommend it? I, rec- I recommend that you watch it at the end of the day on on <laughs> December 25th. So, so that way, once you watch it, you go, I'm done there with Christmas go. for a year. That, that is true. That is like a good period. Like, I don't want to think about of Christmas. Christmas anymore. Uh, <laughs> some positive things about it. I guess just Randy Quaid in general. I mean, he's really like yeah. – when we talk about Gary Busey and we talk about these crazy Hollywood people – Randy Quaid's the real deal, man. Randy Quaid is, you know, he's the one. He fucking fled the government. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. He started a band to promote the idea that there's a Hollywood death death cult killing Hollywood celebrities. (laughs) He's the real deal. He put his wife in a mask, a a printout of his old producer's face, (laughs) and he put her on that, and he banged her on camera and said, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Look it up, guys. So, I mean, if you want to see the madman at work, I mean, the thing is, he was nominated uh, for an Independent Spirit Award award for his work in Brokeback Mountain. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, he has a role in Brokeback Mountain. And actually, he sued the production company of Brokeback Mountain because he claimed that they 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 lowered him down on his price because they said, look, we're just a little indie movie. We're just too, you know, we, we're, we're low budget. And he was like, this is a big picture. I need more money for this shit. Uh, so he yeah, sued them for him, it. Though. He's he's the true madman. See the true madman at work. I don't know. Christmas Vacation Two, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure is kind of like. Imagine if you won this contest sponsored by Gatorade, and you got to hang out at Tony Hawk's house uh, yeah. for like a weekend, and he and skate with him and watch him skate, and he like lets you play video games in his rad room and stuff like that. Okay, and then like later. You win a contest and you have to hang out with Tony Hawk's cousin, and you're like, "Oh, okay." I'll, I'll. He doesn't even skateboard. You get to watch him like work on like AC units or something. He's just like really <laughs> ill, and you just have to take care of him the whole time oh, you're that's there. Even worse. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but the thing is, I do see something good here 
somewhere. I'm I'm forever an optimist. I love bad movies. Bad comedies are can be kind of difficult because uh, they don't have the same effect as like a bad movie that was trying to be an epic or a horror or something yes. like that. Because yeah. a bad comedy implies that the jokes just aren't landing. And exactly. and that and it's, that is it's nothing near like Troll Two, right? Right. There's beauty. There's beauty in the failure of Troll Two. There there isn't so much yes. beauty in the failure here, but um, I don't know. Like I said, Christmas movies, uh, you know, they 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 got to be judged with a different lens than than other films, and they're they're meant for the family. And there's so many better Christmas movies to watch than this one. Oh yeah, but. You know, I say put it on. I, I the thing is, I love when I watch a bad movie that is just offensive to my senses. How bad it is! <laughs> I like to try to pick it apart and figure out what went wrong and what could have gone better. Well, what a perfect movie to watch to figure that out. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I think that if this starred Larry the Cable Guy or some, you know, that and it was completely disassociated with the a vacation franchise we this would probably be some kind of classic yeah. it's just the fact that there's such a large contrast in quality between christmas vacation and christmas vacation to cousin eddie's island adventure oh yeah huge contrast there's a big contrast there and also i think that if not if you really insisted on making this a uh vacation adjacent film it should have been a animation it should have been a cartoon uh, because they took they got they got the tone all wrong uh-huh. is what it is but it, it's just it's not it's wrong because it's following the one of the best comedies ever made yes on its own that's the thing so cousin eddie was really funny in the first one because he was subtle and he broke things and and wasn't really paying attention but he wasn't and he wasn't the star he wasn't right, on the screen the, the entire time like chevy action. chase he was subtle. Yes. And uh, in this one, they're kind of like trying to make an earnest movie. Like he's very slapsticky. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. He's like inhumanly dumb. Yes. You know, like he was dumb in Vacation, but he's like not even a human in this one. He's, he's Homer Simpson in this one. He he's is. live action Homer Simpson. That's exactly what this is. This is live action Homer Simpson on an island, essentially. <laughs> um, so, but I do say check it out. I mean, what, especially I once you're done. Uh, I, I, first, I just think it needs to be taken in as the spectacle it is. You know, wow, they made a sequel to Vaca- Christmas Vacation. <laughs> no way. Yeah, so watch it based on that, and you know, watch it on the end of the twenty fifth, and you'll be happy. Christmas is over. All right, well, there you have it, bogus listeners. Two Christmas sequel movies that you have to check out. And actually, it sounds like. One's a bookend, and one's a, a good way to start off 2021, I guess. Yeah, end your Christmas <laughs> with Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, and you'll be happy Christmas is over. And then you got something yep. to uh, look forward to in the beginning of January with Home Alone there 3. There you go. Perfect. And I believe the Home Alone 3 is available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I think Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, whatever, you can find it on YouTube, I believe. I think it's just like a really bad rip on YouTube. You could find it on the... Uh by the checkout at Walgreens. That is true for two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but we love this stuff. We love bad movies. We do. You know, I talked a lot about in the last segment about how it's bad and and and, and how it could be better and how it could be this. We love bad movies. What's better than a bad movie? Uh, quite a few things. But mm. <laughs> yeah, a burger. <laughs> but I agree with you. Yeah, a burger from McDonald's, McDonald's apparently yeah. for you. I, I don't know. <laughs> But we are about done with the Christmas season. We still have one more, a very merry, bogus Christmas podcast episode lined up for you. 
Uh, and then we're going to finish out the year. I can't believe we're in the middle of the Forever Bogus podcast season and almost done with 2020. Yeah, man. Um, end of the year is coming. And it's been a strange year. <laughs> but it has been fun to uh, report here every week and uh, talk about, you know, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure and... <laughs> Home Alone 3. Home Alone Why 3. Why not? You know. <laughs> somebody's got to, right? Damn right. And we are happy to announce that we are officially on every single podcast platform. And you can find us exclusively under Forever Bogus instead right. of Boom Howdy. It, it was... Uh, Maybe a little bit tricky for people to track down the podcast and uh, if there were other uh, bits that came along with that. But now it's so, it should be so much easier. You can find us on our own uh, platform, our own streaming feed. Yes, yeah, our own – they call it an RSS feed, but you know what that stands for. What's that? Uh, really stupid suck. Uh, no. <laughs> right? no, no, no. Yeah, no, you should be able to find us really easy now. Make sure you subscribe and yes. give us a like and uh, whatever. Adam, what do you tell people Please. to do? I, I guess know. review. I don't know. Do people still review things nowadays? Write us a review pretending that you're Siskel and Ebert. I like that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're you're reviewing Home Alone 3, so you have something positive to say. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> he, man, he, I like when they go at it. That's fun. You Me ever watch too. those? It is fun. Yes, especially the first Star Wars. I mean, the Phantom Menace. When they got into that, yeah. oh, man. They went at it for, like, Baby's Day Out. Yes, I remember that. I still think that's, like, an isolated clip on One YouTube. Would- <laughs> You're like, I got to stop you there. This movie is <laughs> offensively bad. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> well, we are excited to end the season with you and end the 2020 year with you as well. But until next time... Always remember to be kind. Rewind. And we'll all stay...